0: Welcome back to another episode of Small College Conversations powered by Blue Frame Technologies. My name is Nick Rule. I'm the Director of Athletics at William Penn University and a Business of Small College Athletics board member. Today, I'm really thrilled to be joined by Andy Peterson, the Director of Athletics at Northwest Missouri State, a Power NCA Division II and in the MIAA. Andy and I met at Bosca this year and, and just had some really good conversations. And Andy, happy to have you here. Thanks for being on. You know, how, how are things going? Uh,
1: pretty good, thanks Nick for having me. Uh, this is exciting for me. Um, just like you said, connecting to Bosca, we've never been able to go before. And so Troy Caton, my deputy D, and I were able to go down and just make some, some pretty neat connections and, and grab some ideas from folks that we think we can reciprocate here. So uh, right, things are going well, falls, falls rolling. We've got five fall sports compete, um, championship seasons in the fall. Um, and they're doing well. Uh, four of the five are ranked in the top 20 from the country. Uh, volleyball and football are both in the top 10. Uh, and then our tennis program, their championship season is in the spring, but they have an individual uh, ITA tournament in the fall, and we've got two kids that have they got at-large bids to go on to nationals in Rome, Georgia um, next weekend. So um, it's been a fun fall so far. We're doing, we're doing well, hanging in there. Bearcats are, are, uh, are competing. So it's uh, much better than where we were at a year ago.
0: I know. It feels – I mean, I don't think it's normal yet, but it's feeling it's, there's some sense of kind of what it felt like pre 2020. And, you know, I know you guys are preparing for a big football game tomorrow, you know, and so, uh, and so it's, we're, we're doing things like that. We have fans back and, you know, at at higher capacities and such. And it it seems like that's uh, that's been something that's being felt a little bit more across the country. Um, You know, Andy, I, I really interested in, you know what made you want to be an AD? I mean, you have a different backgrounds and you know in in college athletics. You know, talk a little bit about your background and you know what made you want to to serve in the chair of an athletic director.
1: Sure, my journey was kind of a a long one um, to get to that point, but it happened pretty quickly, if that makes any sense at all. Um, I uh, I was an athlete here, played basketball for Coach Steve Tapmeyer, and and loved it. My experience was fantastic. Uh, but I was moving on. I had I had three degrees in agriculture, and I um, had a job with FCS Financial that was what I was going to do. And so, when doing my exit interview my senior year, Coach Tapp just kind of brought me in and said he was getting close to retiring and um, wanted his guys around him. He didn't want to go get a GA from somewhere he didn't know for his last year. So, pretty much convinced me, told me uh, that I was going to come back and be his GA. And I was like, I'd already had a master's in agriculture. It's like, I don't necessarily need that he goes doesn't matter he goes you know you may end up coaching and you'll want that background so uh come back got my uh, master's in PE and, and GA for tap for that last year well to finish that's a two-year program so taps last year then my second year as a GA was coach McCollum's first year and got into coaching with him obviously and just I, I fell in love with it immediately um, with the student athletes and just for, for me it was I I knew that I was having a positive impact oh well, I didn't know at that time my experience was so positive because of my coaches, not just Coach out, but the GAs, um, you know, the assistant coaches, the athletic trainers, strength coaches, all that stuff. So you have a responsibility as a coach, as an administrator, whatever, to positively impact student athlete experience. And I was doing we were doing that. We were having a ball, uh, you know, as coached with two of my best friends with Coach Mac and, and Austin Meyer was the assistant coach. Uh, we were having a ball. We weren't really good at that point. I think we went ten and sixteen, and eleven and fifteen, or something like that. Those first two years, um, but uh, you know, just didn't was uh, having a ball. And so, kind of thought going to go into athletics. Uh, ended up at Southwestern Community College for a year in Iowa with Coach Mike Holmes. Uh, Bill Krech, he's kind of a legend in that area of the woods. As the athletic director, they hired me. They really hired me to coach men's golf, is what they needed. They needed a men's golf coach. Mm-hmm. I met Coach Holmes that summer. Uh, I was trying to play overseas still at that point. And Coach Holmes was my summer team coach. He just said, hey, all this falls through. He goes, I need an assistant coach this, this fall. So the Europe stuff didn't happen. And so I ended up at Swick. I was coaching men's golf. Uh, I was assistant coach for basketball, which is the real purpose why I was there for me personally. Um, and then I was also teaching classes in the Ag department. Um, a bunch of, cl- I think three classes each semester. Uh, which was fun. It was, it was awesome, but I was doing a bunch of stuff up there. Um, had the opportunity that ne- just there one year and that next year I had the opportunity to come back because we had a part-time basketball position open. And uh, my, my wife fiance at the time, Emily was offered the assistant track and field position full-time. Mm-hmm. So both of us back at our alma mater, I was doing a bunch of other stuff. I was working at the golf course. I was helping the athletic trainers in the training room, you know, just, wherever you know you're young and stupid
0: just do everything
1: you do everything you do whatever you want just to make a quick buck here and there but also coaching basketball and having a ball doing it so I did that for a couple of years and we had a little bit of success we won the conference uh tournament they not tournament uh won the conference in 2012 2013 regular season and made it to the regional first time since my senior year 2008 2007-2008 uh, and coach Mac convinced coach Churchman at the time that hey, we really need Andy to be full time just for our program to continue to to progress, uh, but we also need to. We had some other holes in the department, so Coach Churchmo was able to create an assistant AD for facilities position, mm. and it was truly a means to an end. It was put Andy in this position so that he can coach basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Like all small school stuff, mm-hmm. um, and so it jumped into that. And I I wasn't really thinking about the assistant AD for facilities stuff. I mean, I was doing it and loving it, but my passion purpose was coaching basketball and having a direct impact on those you know, 12, 15 guys, um, similar to mine. And so I did that for two or three years, but in those two or three years was when my world started changing. Uh, because as the assistant AD, I was working with baseball. I was working with football. I was working with women's soccer, women's softball, women's golf. Um, I was working with all these head coaches and I was, you know, we don't have a huge staff, And so I was helping move the bleachers in Lampkin between basketball practice and track practice. And after track got done setting up for volleyball match. And so I'm shoulder to shoulder with all these athletes. My wife's a track coach. So she's got obviously a great relationship with a hundred plus student athletes. Um, But I just started developing these relationships and these working, um, these working relationships with, with coaches and with staff and with athletes. And uh, so it it just really kind of the shift and uh, 2015, uh, we had our, our women's golf coach resigned, and it's a part-time position. Not wasn't great at the time, but once again, you're young and um, kidless at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, hey, it ain't that big a deal. Emily had track on Friday, Saturday. I would leave for golf on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, the golf season kind of ended October 15th when men's basketball season started, and then men's basketball would end first week of March, and golf would start. So yeah, It's actually a pretty – <laughs> it all it all worked yeah. but yeah uh it was kind of great but it was just one of those i he retired and we couldn't get anybody to take the job it was a ten thousand dollar stipend position you know oh. that really deserves a full-time attention and so i just in talking with coach churchman i was like i i would I, I think i can do it i coach golf at swick um mm-hmm. i can i can build my own program mm-hmm. have my own influence on culture and all that stuff and so I was excited and and took that. But once again, it all just came back to that student athlete experience. What better way to have an impact on student athlete experience than being a coach, but also an administrator where, you know, you've got a a direct impact on every student athlete in the department. So
0: I think it's interesting. I mean, you kind of talk about the evolution of it and like you were there, your purpose was basketball coaching and all that. And then you know, as soon as you were exposed to, you know, other programs and saw that, oh my gosh, they have a good thing going in here too. It's like, oh, I want to be a part of that. And I think one of the things uh, transitioning from coaching to being an administrator is that sometimes we get so focused in our own program. And I talk about this a lot, like, how do we get 25 umbrellas to work under one umbrella, right? And still have their own individuality. And it sounds like that's something you noticed all that. It's like, okay, well, maybe I can make an impact as a whole, bringing like the good stuff that we've done with basketball then like get everyone working together, um, but still being their, their own individual. And I think, you you know, having that perspective, it sounds like there was an aha moment when you were, you know, overseeing facilities, assistant AD, and it's like, oh, I'm with the baseball. Okay. Like there's, you know, there's more going on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, And yeah. And just that, that, that impact and those relationships with student athletes, you know, it was, it was profound, but you know, I think the other thing for me too, was we had a lot of programs, like like you said, there's, we've got We've got 16 sports. We got 10 head coaches, right? Um, each one of those 10 head coaches has their own personality. They got their own way of doing things. All this stuff, but I, I just noticed there were so many similarities amongst these programs, but they weren't codified. They're, they weren't streamlined. They weren't efficient in terms of you're doing the football coach is doing the exact same thing that the women's soccer coach is doing. Yeah, but you're not speaking the same language. So your athletes are on different pages, and then and then that. That affects, you know, your strength conditioning coaches and your your compliance, um, your compliance office and your athletic trainer. And so, how do we start closing those gaps and getting everybody, you know, to the same to yeah. at the same page? And at that point, football is on an absolute tear. They still are. Mm-hmm. They've got a recipe for. We're in we're in Maryville, Missouri. It's a small community, but they have a unbelievable track record recruiting small town kids from Southwest Iowa southeast nebraska northeast kansas northwest missouri and having an unbelievable program and how how is that any different or it shouldn't really be any different for the other sports it was just a philosophy and something that we had to work on 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 codifying and and propagating in these other sports so for me it was you know 2017 we won a men's basketball national title and i felt like to be an athletic director i needed to get my doctorate Mm -hmm. And so i stepped away from coaching to focus on that and while I was in that program was when I was offered the AD job, and and here I am, so if you want to finish my dissertation paper for me, Nick, I'll gladly appreciate it.
0: Hey, you know, I got to get started, that's one of my goals, and so uh, I may be reaching out to you for some help on, you know, when things are going crazy. Fair enough, fair Uh, enough. You know, another thing you touched on as you were talking through that seemed to resonate here is just like, I think sometimes, you know, up and comers in the industry they, they want to get so specialized and focused early on. And one of the things that you said really made a lot of sense. And is that you know, you got yourself involved in everything. And he's like, you know, just young and, you know, dumb and through the whole thing, but in the, in the same respect, like, right. In order to prove yourself, um, especially if you want to, you know, be uh, fast tracked a little bit, like, you know, I think you and I kind of share that a little bit. We got probably got involved a little bit younger than a lot, you know, some others mm-hmm. at in, what the industry really says, but you just kind of got to say, yeah, Hey, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. Um, to prove yourself. And so, I mean, that sounds like something that you did and you took to heart. It's just like, you know, Hey, I may not be making a whole lot on this, but in the end, you know, that payday will come. Um, I just need to show that I can buy into the big picture.
1: Right. absolutely. And, and and just the, um, the thought of, you know, I thought it's, it's like being a graduate assistant,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: you know 20 hours a week well you hit 20 hours in athletics you hit 20 hours a week Tuesday at noon you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, so yeah. but as a grad assistant you didn't care I mean you didn't care it was hey I'm gonna watch film I got you know coach Tatmire who'd won you know however many hundreds of games you got coach Mack who's now probably one of the best basketball coaches in the country you had coach Churchman mm-hmm. who's a legend coach Doral who's a division one coach now I mean yeah, coach Boswick was a defense coordinator for 17 years. just I mean, there were so many coaches up. Rosewell, coach Roswell's our tennis coach. He's got over 1,100 wins, close to 1,200 wins now. I mean, he's a legend. and so I mean, you got all these coaches to learn from and pick from, and you're going to do that, and so you just try to be a sponge, and you know there's a difference between saying, "Yes, I'm going to do that or yes, I'm going to help you," and being a yes man. I mean there were a lot of times when you had to say, "No, we can't do that. Yeah. yeah here's how we're going to, but it was just problem solving and, uh, troubleshooting, uh, you know, being a, being a Swiss army knife, you know, Austin Meyer, uh, as, as our head women's coach. Now he was the assistant coach at the time for the, on the men's side, you know, he used to joke around with me that, you know, Andy never gets anything done because he's always doing something. And it was kind of, it was funny, but it's kind of true. Like I never actually kind of got all the way through something before I was starting something else. So, um, yeah I I mean athletics is a lifestyle for sure you know obviously my wife being a track coach she understands it as well which made it made the transition so much easier for me too Mm -hmm. because she understood you know hey Saturday are football game days and Fridays we got soccer volleyball and Sundays probably a soccer match and it's a little more laid back but um, you know I'm going to go to the national track meets to support student athletes and I'm going to go to our way of football games and volleyball conference tournaments and that sort of stuff so um it, it is a lifestyle for sure and it's something that if you don't have a passion for it it doesn't really matter what your salary is
0: you know it's going to be rewarding at the end absolutely yeah you touched on on um, you know maryville and northwest missouri state and, and all that and, and i shared with you before we on here it's just like in in the west and you know, small college athletic departments really look to you guys and your community relationship because it just seems so strong, you know, it's created over the years. What do you think is the recipe for success for, you know, that community, that small community and and your small college that has strong relationships? Um,
1: I I think it's, it's, we've been here so long. Um, So part of it is natural, you know, in in a small college town. Um, we're kind of a microcosm of what you would see um, at the big power five level, uh, but but really most of those schools, most of those institutions that do really, really, really well, they're in a college town, you know, Texas at Austin, you know, the ones are easy to name, Gainesville, in Florida, um, you know, Mizzou's at Columbia, Iowa City with, I, you know, you just go around Manhattan, Kansas, Lawrence, Kansas, they're not in big metropolis cities where there's other things going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we don't have, we don't compete against the Chiefs on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, uh, but, but we don't because, you know, our fan base is just a different clientele for a certain, to a certain extent. So, but it's re- but everything is reciprocated, right? Mm-hmm. When we have a football game and there's seven, 8,000 people that come to Bearcat Stadium, we've doubled the size of Maryville for that weekend. So the mm-hmm. restaurants are full, the hotels are full, you know, all, the, all that stuff passes through um and the community can get behind that so they like to shut down and everything is green at the same time um you know it's a little it's a little bit like you know in nebraska i think i've heard that when nebraska lincoln has a football game memorial stadium is the third most populated city in the state during home football games behind you know, buying Omaha and Lincoln. So it, it's, you know, people come from all over just to to watch it. And I feel like we're kind of the same, you know, the 14 county area, in Northwest Missouri that we represent when, when we've got a home game, home weekend stuff, it's, it's full, you know, and people support it. So it, it is reciprocal. We, we've we got to give that love to people and, and be respectful of what we do in terms of the small mom and pop shops that are in town, whatever businesses those are, uh, because they, they're going to return that love and, and um advertise for us and brand with us and that sort of thing so it's a back and forth obviously everything we do we try to schedule around what goes on in the school Mm -hmm. we try to schedule around the high school stuff because there's one high school in town so everybody's everybody's a maryville high fan Mm -hmm. Um, so we try not to compete with maryville high football and maryville high basketball and those sort of things Um, and just be a good partner you know if you're a partner um, then uh, you get you reap what you sow a little bit and we've obviously been real fortunate with football since 1994 plus that we've had a lot of extra games here we've had a lot of playoff games and those playoff games are full restaurants full hotels you know full traffic and and that sort of thing and and so the the community does support it and get behind it and obviously winning helps too everybody likes to support a winner and uh um, it, it does help but I, I really think it started long before that I think it just started with people understanding you know we're probably the second or third highest employer in town too we've got a Kawasaki plant mm-hmm. uh, and then there's a couple of other um, companies here but but I I, I think we're probably maybe may, maybe two or three in terms of employment so there's a lot of people that work in, and live in northwest Missouri state
0: so yeah, absolutely no and I think you know it, you talk a little bit about you know as you are saying full hotels full restaurants now the economic impact right and if you can talk about that and how it benefits your uh community having you know athletic events and i mean obviously that's a win-win and and you know anytime you're helping people's businesses obviously they're going to want to jump on board more too it's a that like you said that reciprocal relationship so no that makes a lot of sense um you know andy one of the things that we talked about before and i was kind of sharing with you i was just like gosh i i can't when i first looked you up uh, it was probably a few years ago it's like I, he's an ad but he's also the women's golf coach you know and uh, and as a prior women's golf coach you and i probably played at the same tournament at some point along the line and and um but you know in small college athletics we wear so many multiple different hats and you just never know what that hat is going to be but i think the coach and administrator hat is interesting right because you know we both know that it's just like when you go from an assistant coach to a head coach it's different so when you right. go from a coach to an administrator, it's different. And so there's different mentalities that take place there. So, you know, how do you balance that? How do you balance like you're a coach, you coach the women's golf team, but you're also an athletic director and you have to make the decisions that are what, what's best for Northwest Missouri state. Um, and sometimes those might conflict with what a coach is thinking is the best decision. So how do you balance wearing those two different hats and maybe what is some advice that you could give for others that are doing the same thing?
1: Yeah. I mean, it does, it, it is difficult. I think the part that, doesn't sit well with me the most is the attention that the the young women in my program mm-hmm. don't get because I am the AD.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so there's a lot of meetings. I mean, there's a lot of practices that I don't go to, and my GA runs practices. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've had five tournaments this fall. I've been to two of them. The other the other three, um, you know, I I didn't go. So mm-hmm. they're they're kind of competing on their own. But at the same time, I'm obviously completely open and upfront with all of our recruits when they come on campus that so that they understand, hey, you know, I'm the AD, I got a lot of other responsibilities um, that that pull me away from golf, but I'm here to support you. I'm here to make sure you get your degree uh, and get out of here. You know, if you're if you're playing golf in Northwest Missouri State, you're probably not gonna go to the LPGA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're gonna be a professional teacher or accountant or, you know, what, whatever outside of that. And so just making sure that you've got those expectations met to try not to, or expectations laid, um, so that so that they're not completely blindsided by by what happens when they get here i think that's probably the most important piece most important piece of advice is them understanding that i'm not going to be there 24 i'm not you know the women's women's basketball or women's soccer or whatever where that's just that's my entire you know 60 hour week is women's golf it's not mm-hmm. um but I think that the power in it for me is I have that direct connection with student athletes Yeah, and the student athlete vibe, not just with golf, mm-hmm. but on, on a campus of 4,000 people, five, you know, 4,500 people, um, on ground in person, you know, those, those eight young ladies have connections with a lot of different athletes. They got a connections with campus in general, with what's going on in the dorms with what's going on in the cafeteria. So there's a direct line there. That's not, filtered in any way i can get a lot of reports from coaches that are filtered from their athletes from what they're seeing on campus not because the coach is trying to do it on purpose just because they're not you know they're not a student they're not you know so it, it gets filtered naturally so having that direct connection i think is is beyond powerful um i, I think for me it, it helps me relationally with our with the other coaches yeah because i can look at them and say i'm talking to you as the women's golf coach right now yeah you know and just say, you know, this is what this, you know, this initiative or, or this change or this budgeting uh, model or whatever else, I'm living it too. I understand, I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not gonna do because I have to do it too because I'm the women's golf coach, you know? So um, I, I do think that, that, so that's probably the two biggest pieces of advice, but also just um, things to think about. Yeah.
2: Totally. The other
1: thing that I've caught myself doing more recently because I've been the golf coach for eight years now. Mm-hmm. What I've caught myself doing recently, probably since becoming AD three years ago, is as an AD, you really kind of got the long-term view in your head, right? Yeah. Coaches, coaches typically don't. Coaches, it's yeah. about this year. This is the team I got. Now, every now and then, they'll put up on the board their depth chart or their classes, and you know I've got three seniors, two juniors, and four sophomores or something like that, right? And so they think about, okay, the recruiting classes, they're looking in the future. But when it comes to competing, they're looking right now. Mm -hmm. as the ad sometimes you're not looking at that sometimes you're looking you know how is are we getting better you know i'm looking at the last three years and comparing that and looking at the roster and the coaching staff and so there's a there's a more of a long-term view to it and i've caught myself the last i don't know maybe since covid hit Mm -hmm. just having a more a more longer term viewpoint of golf Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i've been completely uh, upfront with with the women in the program about the here and now like what living in the present making sure that i'm respecting morgan teal who's a fifth year senior yeah she's not worried about the long-term you know impacts that so she is you know as a as a as a culture person but she yeah. wants to compete now this is her senior year we want to have the best year we've ever had now and so uh, there there is a, a mindset mind um mind framing that needs to take place when you're jumping back and forth from the to coach to make sure you you're respecting and you are valuing those seniors who this is their last year competition you know mm-hmm. um recruiting's one thing you you're always recruiting for the future but yeah. just in the other decisions you make about travel schedule where we're going you know get the right gear all that other stuff it's easy for me to think I'll get new golf bags next year mm-hmm. because you know we're we're going to get through that well did I really think about my seniors and their experience as they leave here? Cause you want every one of those
0: senior classes to leave on, on good terms. good terms. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good way of framing it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, we all, we do so many weird things in this job, right? <laughs> I yeah. mean, uh, there's even this year, I, there's just been some weird things that have happened. Like I can't believe that happened. Uh, but what's the maybe the weirdest thing that has happened to you on the job that you had to deal with and, and, you know, what, what was that?
1: The weirdest thing. That's a tough question. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, like you said, we're uh, the small college athletics. You're you're not afraid to do anything. You know, I get into a lot of trouble. Um, I, I consider myself a servant leader. You know, I grew up on a on a small family dairy farm in North Central Missouri, and I've always just kind of been, um, you know, I'll say I'll say well rounded. When it, I'm not afraid to fix stuff, I'm not afraid of, you know electricity and figuring out you know wiring and whatever construct whatever i all hands on deck right a swiss army knife and so you know i've gotten to a lot of trouble in the past about as the ad you feel like you should focus on the the, the million dollar jobs or the ten thousand dollar jobs not the two dollar job yeah not the you know not picking up trash or right. or straightening chairs or stuff like that but um I don't know that's a tough question what's yeah. the weirdest thing that's ever happened I think about that
0: one Nick. yeah I remember uh and the question came up and sometimes it uh I remember being at another institution at a basketball game and kind of went up there just to help us administer you know game day administration because you know there was, we were expecting a good crowd on both sides and I remember this athletic director uh it was actually Troy Plummer from Grandview um I see him and he and I have gotten to be friends and all that. We're in the same conference. I see him running up to the corner of the bleachers uh, and and I, some fan side. And I go up to him. He's got gloves on and everything. I went up to him. I'm like, Trey, what are you doing? He's like, I'm cleaning up puke. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, he's like, and that's just what we do as small college athletic director. I mean, when you're a small college, AD. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm cleaning up puke. And I'm like, that's disgusting. But I'm like, that's a weird thing, that, you know? Yeah, those in the d1 space wouldn't probably understand
1: so so we're at we're at bosca this this summer like i said it's the first time i've ever been
0: yeah
1: and i'm listening to jim abbott talk and he's you know he's talking about the history of bosca and how he created it because going to nacta or going to ncaa convention or, or whatever and you're listening to the ad at ohio state the ad at florida the ad at rutgers whatever he goes i quickly realized that these guys are in a different atmosphere he goes because they're not worried about running out of popcorn on thursday night (laughs) yeah right
2: and so the funny thing why that
1: struck me was and this may be the weird thing yeah we rented out our football stadium this summer um, for a an eight-man football all-star game northwest Mm -hmm. missouri eight-man all-star game we rented it out and it was they were a great group they handled everything themselves really all they needed was somebody to run the concession stand that was the only thing that they felt like they couldn't cover. And they wanted to use our facility to do that too. And so what kind of, when it boiled down to it, I thought I'm not going to, it was the middle of the summer, number one. Yeah. So we didn't really have any student labor. And I wasn't going to ask any of my staff to come in and do that for three hours on a Friday. Or it was, I think it was a Saturday night, actually.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so I ran a concession stand. Um, and it was one of those deals where I didn't have, um i didn't think it through right so i opened the concession stand an hour and a half before the game and people are coming up and i would forgot to get a money bag so i so i had no change at all i I think i had a 10 and like three ones in my wallet so i just thought okay so i wrote down a little note that i had 13 bucks and so i had a 10 and three ones and so the first eight or nine people that showed up and they were trying to they were paying me you know they wanted to pay with 20s or 10s yeah. or whatever and i was asking them for change i was asking them for and this is the ad of the institution yep. they're just completely ill prepped for what was going on and i had high school perspective prospective students at northwest missouri state you know this is their big crescendo of their athletic experience their high school high school seniors getting ready to go to college and parents and whatever and little brothers and sisters may have been their first time on college campus and they come to the concession stand and here's some weirdo. He's got no change. He doesn't, didn't know where anything was at. You know Um it went really, really well, but man, the first 25 minutes, it was, it was just bar. I was bartering. I was using yeah. all of my people skills I had and, you know, and there's some little lady she gave me, she bought, I forget how much stuff, but it was like 12, she gave me 12 ones. Uh-huh. And I just, I will forever remember her face. Just like you were an absolute <laughs> angel. Like God sent you here for me um this evening so uh, that may be maybe one it wasn't necessarily weird it's just one of those things you don't think about renting out the facility you know made some made some revenues from from renting the facility out in the middle of the summer which doesn't usually happen for football anyway
0: yeah
1: and I was like yeah concessions I'll do it how hard can that be and just was not prepared at all
0: that's a great story I love that yeah I could totally see you just like bartering with you know yeah the parents and stuff. Hey, you know, you got a 10 there, but I mean, do you have five ones? You know, like yeah, yeah. do
1: you have a five and five ones, maybe yeah. by chance? Yeah. 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 I think part of it part of the story was, you know, people under people know who I am. Yeah. And they're coming to the game like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like why are you why are you back there? Yeah. You know, it was like do you want to you want to what you want water the Skittles or water and stickers? <laughs> what are you after? And it was just kind of funny to um, some of the reactions you got from people like, what are you doing, Andy?
0: Mm-hmm. What? Helping out, uh, helping out eight man football this weekend. So that's great. I love it. that's a great story. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, let's talk about just as we kind of come to a close here, final few questions. You know, what's um, what's the most proud achievement in your profession or your time in college athletics that you wouldn't read in a headline? You know, we get a lot of headlines in college athletics. Well, you know, championships, all those things. I see NCAA championship, you know, trophies it behind you. And what, what is a headline that or something you're uh, proud of that wouldn't, wouldn't be in a headline? Oh, man, that's tough. Um,
1: you know, I think just in my history, maybe it's more as a coach than an administrator, but just mm-hmm. the number of student athletes that when they come back, they're just excited to see you. Yeah, you know it's not, uh, or you get the the uh, the wedding invitations in the mail, or you get yeah. you know the random note on Facebook about, you know, hey, remember the time when I hurt my knee or whatever, and and you came through the training room, and showed me your scar from your ACL, you know, and just uh, those those are the kind of things that, um, you don't you don't understand you don't appreciate or understand the. The impact you have on lives, not necessarily student athlete experience, but just lives in general, you know. Yeah. Um, we had a we had a, a young man on the basketball program from downtown Detroit. I mean, he came from absolutely nothing. He's mm-hmm. been you know, playing overseas um since he graduated in 2013, 2014, something like that. Um, has done very well for himself. Um, but it was one of those we just felt like if we didn't keep him here over Christmas break he wouldn't come back. He, he wouldn't have came back. You know, one of those kind of, of those kind of deals. And my, my thing was the assistant coach was always told the guys I love before the game, mm-hmm. I'd go in the locker room, make sure everybody's got their shoes on. They're not getting dressed right when coach comes in do the pregame talk, whatever. So I was like, Hey, everybody's set. Everybody's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah." I was like, and I would look at all of them and just kind of randomly just say, I love you guys. You know, one way or another, I love you guys. We're going to, we're going to hoop it up here today. Right. And so it just kind of morphed slowly into just me just saying, I, I didn't try to then rationalize why I said it. I would just come in and say,
2: yeah, here we go, guys.
1: Ready? Love you guys. And I'd walk out. Well, then it started progressing to where they would reply back. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll just, I'll never forget when uh, D'Angelo Haley said it back to me. I was just like, Hey, I love you guys. Like, love you too, coach. You know, it was just so <laughs> yeah. like, we, we connected and we, and yeah. he knew that, yeah, we brought him here to be a basketball player, right. And to, and to coach basketball, but we cared about him as a human. Mm-hmm. He understood that, you know, he understood that on, on a, on a deeper level, on a personal level. Um, and so I, I, that's the thing. I, you just never know who you're going to have a connection with. You know, it, it's a lot of times it's not necessarily even a student athlete in your sport. It's, yeah. You, you reach out to you know a women's soccer player who's struggling or, or it goes through a health issue and you connect with her and her mom because you, you were there, you went to the hospital to check on them and um, you know, you, you just have, you have lasting impacts on people um, through things that you don't even think about doing. You just do them because you feel like it's part of the, part of the game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and those little small things you, you never, you just never know how much of an impact that might make on someone. Yeah, exactly. And we, we do those things because you know just wired to do them, but it's also a sign that that's really not normal in our world for people to do little small things and we forget about that so no that's that's a great answer great perspective on that yeah that that makes a lot of sense I'm sure a lot of people as they listen to this will be nodding their head saying yeah totally and, and we'll be able to reflect on their own experience with someone like that um as we close here Andy um you know what's what's the best piece of advice you've received um and and you know or what's the best advice that you'd give others it could be you know one of the same but best piece of advice you received
1: um it's it's cliche but but it's it's so true about you have to be yourself you cannot try to be your predecessor um you know we we have we've had a ton of success here over 20 years right um the last 25 years we've had two complete rollovers of the football staff you know the men's basketball staff is completely new i i think we've with the exception, maybe baseball. Coach Lowe's been here 20 years. Um, Rosie's been here almost 40 with tennis. Um, you know, uh, other than that, I think we've completely turned over. We've almost, with the exception of Lori Hopkins, is our deputy ad uh, SWA. I've hired a completely new staff. My my support staff's all completely new. Um, you you have to be yourself. You can't. You can't rely on, well, I'm coming into this job at Northwest Missouri State, and Coach Churchman was the football coach here for 17 years that turned them into a monster. And then he was gone for three years. And then he came back as the AD. Mm-hmm. He's got so many different relationships and so many different um, experiences to rely on and how how he does things is completely different than the way I was wired. Right. Mm-hmm. And when when he when he retired from coaching and Coach Bostock took over. Coach Bostick was more than comfortable in his own skin. Mm-hmm. Um, he passed away tragically that next summer and didn't even get to coach. And then we hired Coach Doral. Well, Coach Doral is a complete goofball. Complete mm-hmm. goofball. <laughs> um, you know, Coach T was very polished and always, you know, very well-dressed. Doral didn't care. Doral was a – he was a townie. He grew up in Maryville. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was an all-American lineman. Uh, in 1997 but did some other stuff he's a goofball he wore bright neon green shorts he cuz he wore exercised all the time worked out tried to stay fit you know um he didn't care what he looked like it was uh, hey this is me you know this is me this is who you get now he coached the heck out of a football team obviously three national titles in 6 years and stuff coach Tatmire was fire and brimstone get after your butt kind of from the Bobby Knight school of of coaching right mm-hmm. i loved him I would run through any wall to this day for that guy. Coach Matt came in from kind of came through the same system to a certain extent. And, you know, for the first couple of years, I kind of think we kind of tried to be like coach that we we're not Coach at, you know. And so I don't think it's any different. You've got to be if you're not comfortable in your own skin trying to do what you're doing. you're You're not going to be successful because I believe truly student athletes, especially student athletes in today's world they can see right through that. Yes, if you're not being if you're not being your true self and being transparent, um, they're going to see right through it. And they're not going to, they're not going to respond to you. They're not going to you know, necessarily respect you for, for what you're trying to do. Um, you see it all the time with coaches across the country. They put on a big persona because they feel like, hey, I'm the athletic director of at Northwest Missouri State. So I've got to live to this standard all the time. Well, you make the standard by who you are and how you live and how you treat people, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not the same standard for every it can't be the same standard for every person because every person's got a different set of backgrounds, beliefs, experiences that makes them who they are. So you, you can as long as you're focused on your people mm-hmm. and your student athletes, that's what's going to maintain your culture. Um, but the standards and stuff's gonna change, but you have to be yourself, you know. I like I said, I love the little stuff. I love sweeping the floor, I I love picking up trash. Um I I love running the concession stand. I love doing the little stuff because I just feel like growing up on the farm, my dad would never ask us to do something if he wasn't willing to do it himself. And that's how I that's how I feel. I'm not a very good delegator. I'm not. I got I need to be better at it in certain areas but i'm not very good at it Mm -hmm. but at the same time i think i hope my team would know that if andy asked me to do something it's because he needs my help and wants me to do this or they're the expert in whatever you know i'm not going to do media stories and stuff that's colin's area yeah right but if i'm asking him to do something completely different he knows it's coming from a place where i need i need it or you know it's not that i demanded or i expected or anything like that um Whereas Coach T came from a football structure of he was the head coach and he de- he delegated to his offensive coordinator he delegated to his defensive coordinator and so everything was delegation and and I lived in that world he delegated a lot of stuff to me facilities wise it was awesome it was a very healthy um, positive experience for me as an assistant AD under Coach Churchman. Mm-hmm. that's not that's not how I operate I and I can't operate that way it would be so foreign to me and and unrealistic so you've got to find what's comfortable for you and your own skin um and just uh and keep moving forward obviously you got to learn from the past um but you also can't change it so
0: yeah I mean that's the art of self-leadership right if you're not sure who you are as a leader um people are going to recognize that and I love what you said about student-athletes we'll see right through that especially today's student-athlete yeah, that's I'm sitting here nod my head absolutely, and I and I think more and more coaches can see yeah. through that probably better than they've ever been able to see through it before too. And absolutely, um, absolutely. so got to be real. That's yeah, no, that's that's a great piece of advice to end on. You know, Andy, hey, I appreciate your time here today on on the Small College Conversations podcast, the part of the business of small college athletics. It was great to see you at Bosca this year. I hope to see you again next year and. You know uh, I know you and I talked about bringing our athletic operations team down maybe sometime to kind of see how you guys do things and, sure. and to learn from all of you, so uh hope maybe I'll be able to bring our team down and 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 catch a basketball game and 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 see how you guys operate. But again, thanks again for your time and uh and and again, remember folks uh, small college conversations is is powered by blue frame technologies Andy Peterson the a d at Northwest missouri State. Thanks again, man.
1: thanks, Nick. appreciate you dude
0: are uh...